Hi, listeners. Hello. It's good to hear your voice again. Um, if you're wondering what our mom greeting <laughs> for the day is, uh, it's Bunny Tail. Hello, Bunny Tail. Bunny Tail? Yeah. Isn't bunny that cute? Tail. I like that. I it's like not that. even Easter, I'm but it's just so charming. I'm surprised didn't use that earlier, frankly. I know. It, it's very, like, spring-friendly, like, warmer weather, cute little bunny tail. It's also gender-neutral as hell. Like, <laughs> anyone can be a bunny tail. <laughs> anyone can be a bunny tail. I it's love 2021. It. Happy Pride. Anyone can be a bunny tail. <laughs> Happy Pride. You can be a bunny tail, and you it, can be a bunny tail. It is June 1st. Equality. Toronto it is, June is 1st. hot as hell sometimes, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it snows. I'm Sean, and welcome Sometimes. to another episode. <laughs> I'm Angie, and uh, happy Pride, Bunny Tails. Um, I wanted to open by uh, wishing you a happy 10th episode. Uh, oh. We have reached the double digits. I wow. feel like we deserve a cake. I I don't disagree, mainly because I don't disagree with receiving cake. Right? I, yeah, who does? Except for people who are like pie people, you know? They like prefer pie. I I don't really know any pie people. Oh, I know a lot of people like Like that. people who would choose pie over cake? Yeah, like they would rather have pie for their birthday than cake. Okay. Or like, well, you know, an occasion. I don't Well, I'm a cake person, trust so people. I would like a cake. I don't trust we're getting people. a we're we're getting a, a mental cake because I don't we can't share cake. Well, we're we're still we're, we're not in the same household. <laughs> um Yeah, exactly. We'll have cake soon though, I promise. Okay. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. I you you can. We should do that. Uh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> this happened last time. I love it. Um, I'm really excited for our topic today. Um, our topic today is music. Music. And music. I really wanted to talk about this because both of us come from really different places and have um, kind of different standings when it comes to music, but we both have a lot to say, mm. um, just considering like your academic background as well as your personal background. And, um, you know, I'm a music lover as well. So we, yeah, we definitely have a, a lot to contribute. Um, I was considering how to kick off this topic, and um, one thing that I was considering doing uh, was I was going to actually rickroll you. <laughs> I don't think we have the rights to the song. <laughs> no, I was like, mm, we don't have the rights to the song. I also, it would be a logistical nightmare to figure out how to like have you on the phone and play <laughs> play well, the song off the phone into say my mic. You have rickrolled me because immediately it started playing in my mind. There are very few songs I know. As well as I that mentally one. rickrolled you. There okay, I'll take it. That works. Yeah, I, I was gonna rickroll you, but since it would be a, a technical logistical nightmare um, to pull that off, I, I thought I'd just open it up by talking about something a little more genuine, which is uh, my relationship with music and how music plays a role in my everyday life. Um, it's definitely gotten to be a much richer relationship, especially in the past year. I think. Um, you know, being in isolation has had a lot to do with that, just having mm-hmm. more time to to really explore. Uh, I consider myself to be a music hoarder. I've dubbed myself a music hoarder. Music, um, hoarder. music I'm, I'm, I'm with Apple Music. I know I, I'm going to make the switch to Spotify at some point, but like all my shit's on Apple Music, so it'll, it'll happen. Uh, but for now, I'm on Apple Music, so music takes up um, a whopping 22.74 gigabytes of storage on my phone. And that's only counting the stuff I have downloaded. 
that's mm. not everything so it's it's stupid i i do like to hoard music um i download new music every day i make new playlists for myself every month sometimes twice a month or three times a month depending on the occasions um i'm definitely a believer in like different music for different times of the day so um you know i'll do like arlo parks first thing in the morning and then um like frank sinatra in the evening with a beer and it's just it's the way i the way i roll um i'm also very attached to catered playlists so i will create playlists specific to a certain mood um and sometimes those get really specific i have a playlist called um making cocktails in a nice outfit and it's just really you know cool like dinner jazz that i feel very sophisticated in yeah um and i'm a music all day person so airpods in first thing in the morning um, music throughout my morning routine, my workout, my afternoon, I put on the speaker in the evening all day because I have really intense sensory reactions to music. I think this is another thing that I'm coming to terms with this year um, is when I love a song, I love it. I have love underlined in my, in my notes because mm. um, I will just have such an intense reaction to it. And I like need to get up and dance. I need to share it with people. I need to play the beat on my body. It's, it's, it's really intense. And I love that. Um, so for that reason, I download a fuck ton of music and I listen to music all day. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I know that you have a very, um, deep and very genuine love for music that extends. Oh, I um, don't beyond personal into the. No, academic. I hate music. I of don't course. like music. Yeah, I should have known. <laughs> you hate it. Everyone thinks one of the ways that we actually that. bonded. I don't know if you. I mean, you probably you, you definitely remember this. One of the ways that like when we were becoming really close friends um, in our you know like mid high school years, hmm. you played me this playlist on Spotify. Um, called oh. Sweet Soul Chill Out. Yeah, Spotify is interesting. So their playlists can range Ooh. from like garbage, like real. Oh yeah. Just, um, no reason for this mix. Terrible, terrible. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like really good. Like there are no skips. Exactly. It's all bangers. Some of them are a little lesser known. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I definitely uh, agree with your classification of yourself. However, I think relative to me. You might lose a little bit here. <laughs> no, oh my God, are you kidding me? You, uh, you, it's your major. <laughs> um, but uh, you especially have, you have every with, right to that. To with that, hoarding, yeah. if I go to my Spotify, see, oh, I actually, really? Even with hoarding, I was uh, gonna ask you, like, what's your Spotify like? What's how cluttered is it? What's the deal? I have the liked songs. I have seven thousand seven hundred and eight liked songs in my Spotify. Jesus! So I had to liked? actually stop downloading them. Um, because <laughs> I, I actually recently got a new phone the last one I had for years. Um, I had to be constantly deleting anything other than music because most of my phone space, most yes. of it was music and the phone, I know was I'm deleting apps, gigabytes. I'm deleting photos. It's bad. Cause I'm um, like, I'm not touching my music. Everything's in there is there for a reason. I it's also not, have, I'm not going through it. I also have a bookshelf and a half of vinyl, um, mm. Like a full, and now I share it a little bit with uh, with my mom. I have a lot of CDs. Uh, I actually still buy CDs. Um, I'm, I really I'm glad you do owning physical music you because you don't own anything on Spotify. And there are albums that I've loved on that that actually got taken off. Uh, sometimes the rights get switched around. Um, a lot of albums haven't been digitized. Mm-hmm. People kind of forget that. 
that uh, when people say, oh, you know, like, what do you need a library for? It's all online or, you know, like vinyl. It's all online. It isn't. A lot of things aren't online. One of my favorite recordings of this early music group, um, Renaissance Music, it's not online. There is no where to listen Hmm. to it. Um, so the only way you have to listen to it is through like vinyl uh, or a CD. Yeah, um, Hugh Masakela, one of my favorite South African jazz trumpeters. Um, he, what his album Masakela? Okay, pause. Uh, I love that you have a nice. Uh, you have a favorite South African jazz musician. Well, he's one of the most famous. Like he's he's huge. Um, That's fantastic. Es- I mean, especially in in South Africa, but uh, like globally, he's 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 well known. Um, but his album Masakela, uh, you know, self-titled, uh, you can only find actually like on YouTube um, and only parts of it on YouTube. Uh, and it's not on Spotify. I've I've often thought of buying the vinyl just to hear because I can't hear it any other way. I have to buy the CD or the vinyl of it, um, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a detour from what we're talking about. The sensory reaction thing is something I really relate to. Yeah, we've, um, we've spoken about it before and it's it's such a deep experience. I mean, I like. To, to go back to the, the physical topic of, like, physically owning music, I'm a vinyl user um, as well. And it's just, it's so special to own something, um, like, especially when it's an album that's very impactful to you, something that matters to you. One of my favorite albums of all time is um, David Bowie's Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And I have a vinyl copy that I believe um, is from, like, the early 80s. It's not new. It's an, it's an older album, and I just love having it. It's very special to me. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd love to know of your experience with the sensory physical reactions to music. Um, well, I can give you a, a whole life story, uh, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll condense it very quickly. Um, they've increased dramatically in the last year to the point that I sometimes wonder if I have something wrong with my spine. I'll get to that in a second. Um, what? I mean, apparently as a kid, like as a baby, I just danced constantly. Um, I was, I was, uh, they thought I would be a dancer. Uh, turned out I actually am really not coordinated, <laughs> so never mind Mama that. Mama said I was a dancer but, uh, before I could walk. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I think there's something really, really innate about dance um, for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, for a long time I've gotten chills. I've got I get shaky and and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Recently, uh, I've gotten to the point of spasms. That's not always great. Uh, right, is that the spine thing that you're talking about? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know anything uh, medically. This is an interesting thing to be talking about on the podcast. Uh, but no, I don't. You I'm know, into it. But um, you know, you look up like, hey, I get because uh, what happens to me is if a song just hits in the right way, or it's a certain timbre or a sound, I don't really know what it is. Um, I I need to move, um, and then sometimes mm. the movement isn't. Uh, really like dance like it's just sort of a jerky thing like my uh, right arm will right, like you just jerk have to backwards sometimes physically. like the shoulder wow. blade contracts it's very weird um, and I can sort of control it but I feel really off if I don't uh, do it and when you look that up online you get really? some people get chills and listen to music and it's like I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about no, it's that was more nice more than that this is more like a hmm I need to pause this song because I need to take a second to breathe um i didn't know that about you there's one song that does that consistently for me it's aretha franklin Mm. ain't no way i don't know why oh my god (laughs) that song starts playing and i i i lose it i lose my mind um i need to i just it's it i need to remember to breathe 
I don't know why. Wow. I don't know why. Um, I have a weird relationship to music, uh, I think. Uh, actually, that's sort of an indicative thing. Um, I That was actually about to be my next question, is what what's your relationship with yeah. music like, both well, I have a, I have personally really... and academically? Let's go into it. It's fluctuated so heavily uh, throughout mm-hmm. my life. I've had uh, genres that I've despised, uh, that I come back to loving. I've had, you know, you know, things that I really love that I can't listen to anymore. Um, and a lot of people have that, but I, I just, you know, there was a period of time where I just wouldn't play or listen to any classical music. And then considering now a good chunk of my music is that, uh, and in fact, it's what I'm, you know, going into the career of, that's sort of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just this hatred of something and then going back into it. Um, I also, my relationship to music first and foremost, though, is probably through folk music. Um, that's mm. a closer tradition to how I was raised. You know, I heard a lot of it growing up. Uh, what kind mother, of folk music did you listen to growing up? I guess it's mainly American. It's mainly American. Okay. Uh, my mother is American. And, um, you know, she she grew up sort of during the folk revival, uh, I guess. Um, and she, you know, uh, the reason I learned to play the guitar uh, as much as I have, like I really, really dedicated a lot of time to it. Uh, and the reason I wanted to learn it in the first place is because she played the guitar. Um, you know. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I actually I started that's why you started. with an acoustic. She wouldn't buy me an electric <laughs> until I was 15 because she had to prove that I was wow. dedicated. Um, well, because then you would have gotten into the yeah. rock and roll and the jazz and the well, clubs. Well, here's and the, the funny money thing: and the drugs is <laughs> the immediate spiral. It's too early. All within one week. Uh, I was only ten years old, and I was already playing the clubs. He's already, he's already there's a cigarette hanging out of his lip. Um, yeah, I was ten years old. I got my first acoustic guitar. Uh, I still Bad have it. I still bone. love it. Burner. I beat that thing to hell, uh, and I played actually a lot of hell rock yeah. on that thing. Um, which was an interesting experience. Uh, I couldn't... Um, no, I, I absolutely abused that guitar uh, to hell. Uh, but I loved it. And I suddenly took it seriously. I remember uh, when I first got it and started lessons, uh, my guitar teacher, who's a wonderful, wonderful man. I can't recommend him enough. Um, Graham Campbell. Uh, genuinely changed uh, my life musically. Shout him out. Um, I, I really recommend him if you're in the Toronto area. Um, he's fantastic. Anyway... Uh, he noted that I, no other student of his checked the time as much during lessons when he first started. And then I think... Do you, you mean like the cl- like clock time or time uh, like as in tempo? Oh, no, the clock. I was just Okay, I thought so. I just wanted first, to make sure. Always checking my watch. And then like something flipped in my brain and I started playing guitar every single day. I would wake up early. And when you're in elementary school, early is early because school. uh, I was ten when I started, and then I guess around eleven the switch flipped. Okay, eleven, twelve. Okay, I'd wake up early, and I had to get to school like I had to leave at like seven, so I'd wake up at like six. So I was five in the morning to play guitar. This was not play guitar. Um, this was not wonderful for the people who also lived in the house with me. That's um, why your mom didn't want to buy you an electric guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? Quieter, take You're the God. quieter guitar, please. Um, <laughs> You're 10 years old. You know, and I just, I was uh, suddenly playing all the time, all the time. Um, and that was definitely the start of like a really intense relationship to music that I that I uh, developed. But um, yeah, I, I, I right now in, in what is sometimes called art music, which I, I really abhor as a term, but it's the most useful one. Uh, which is like the evolution of classical music in the in the contemporary world, but my 
I really would say my roots are folk music and uh, rock, you know, rock and um, indie, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, how has I... your relationship with music changed now that you're studying it academically? It's become not just a part of your personal life, but also a part of your career and a part of your studies. Yeah. And this is when I say that I hate music and people mm. assume I'm joking and I'm sort of not. When you have a really intense relationship to music, and I have a, a sort of all-or-nothing uh, approach to things, it isn't good. Um, it's just I my know. default is is just the extremes of, of things. Uh, like, when I can write, and it's coming naturally, um, it feels like I'm writing down music that's already been written. Not in a stealing mm. way, and just like, uh, I'm writing a song. It feels like you're repeating. It's already done. The song's done. Huh. I just need to figure it out. And it and it feels fantastic. It feels so natural. Uh, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. It's just happening. And when I can't, it feels like I've died. It feels... It's worse than that. It just, it just feels like I'm being stabbed in the gut repeatedly. Um, I... Yeah, okay. no, I've had wow. complete <laughs> breakdowns over pieces that weren't working in songs. And I... Um, have just because it's so all or nothing, like it's so four hundred, like, five hundred voice memos of me, uh, just trying out ideas. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'll sing in like the subway very quietly under my breath with my phone up to my face because I don't want to forget this one thing. Um, Do you really? Oh yeah, I remember you doing that once. I yeah, I get like sometimes like really intense flashes of inspiration, uh, a lot. And you have to get it down. It's you more have to what document I it, otherwise you're gonna what lose I refine it. out of it. Hmm. There's a lot of things that came really naturally and that I just never used because they were fine, but not as transcendent as other ideas were. And so I went with those ideas. And mm -hmm. So studying music is so really So it seems overall like it's a really intense relationship. Yeah, especially when you have a natural relationship and an intense one. Studying it is 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 interesting because uh, music school is a really contentious thing. Uh, like a lot of people believe mm. that you should not go there uh, if you're a musician that is going to kill your creativity or all these things. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a similar attitude around film school. It's like, be careful because it's going to like kill your creativity. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with it's that. It's a tough thing to say. It, it's definitely out there. Artists being surrounded by other artists is one of the best things that can happen to their art. And it is also exactly. one of the worst things. I also agree with artists working around limitations. It's also really good for you and your art. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's kind of something that's often seen as like, you're an artist, you should be free, you should be able to express yourself however you want, um, and that's not really what art school is. And we'll do another, you know, we'll do a whole episode on art school, honestly, because that's been a suggested topic for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear more about like how being in school for music has kind of changed things for you. Well, I had a, a really intense bout of absolute writer's block uh, for a mm -hmm. while, um, and I just quickly realized how how damaged your relationship to the art you make can be when there are high expectations of you because those again those same expectations like with you know being surrounded by artists can be what allows you to create something wonderful that you might not have made otherwise because you couldn't mm. have set those expectations for yourself and sometimes it can really crush you when you can't do it because i the thing is i say writer's block but i could still Right, I could. I, I was never just not something that you were happy yeah. with, or something that you felt like was worth um, pursuing. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't a total writer's block. It wasn't You've always like been able to write something. I but ran out of track. Satisfied as, with it as much as I 
didn't know which way to turn and then ran out of fuel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know you, exactly what you if mean. If you're at a, an eight-way uh, crossing and you just sit there stalling trying to figure out which way to go, you, you know, you'll run out of whatever it is is uh, pushing you forward. Um, hmm. Indecision is easily my biggest nice analogy. Uh, problem, and especially when music comes naturally. But um, that's more of an art school topic. But that would I would say uh, my relationship music is a little damaged in some ways from the pressure of being in school and it's also For sure. increased uh in in good ways so it's um, it's fluctuated like you said yeah yeah well that was actually really eye-opening that there was some things in there that i didn't know about you it's it's every time we do a pod and you talk a little bit about like 10 year old eight year old sean i'm like ooh, this is a fun little background so we don't always talk about those kinds of things so uh yeah thank you for sharing that uh we're gonna hop to a little break and as we do, please enjoy our mid-roll music composed, recorded, and um, put into this lovely pod by Sean. Hope you enjoyed our mineral music, Little Bunny Tales. Um, Sean, I have a, a bunch of short little, sweet little interview questions that I love to ask you. Um, just about music because it's it's such a fun thing to talk about with you. Um, oh, oh, but you know I was we interested need to do? In, what's up? We need to do a film episode, don't we? Like one of our next episodes oh, has got to be film. Oh, my God. We'll do a two-parter. Oh, we are just two creative little souls. Two, and little, yeah, you're absolutely two creative right. little bunny tails, in fact. Two creative little bunny tails. Ow, oh, I love it. Yeah, let's do let's do a film episode next and then we'll uh I'll I will just have so much to say. <laughs> um well yeah, I, I have a bunch of little questions to ask you, but um I was interested in something that you said before the break. Um you were talking about folk music and how that played um, a big role in your influence and that's um, also played a large role in how you started in music and, and now music plays such a, a big part in your life. Um, talk to me a little bit about folk music. I would love to. Um, I have a lot to say about folk music and, and, and mm -hmm. a good portion of it is really angry. So I'm going to... Uh, really? I was not expecting that. Try and be as okay. calm as possible. But when you are at a school that is a conservatory of the fine mm -hmm. art of classical music, you hear some things about folk music that if you are a person with a deep love and appreciation for the style, for the history of it, make you want to pull your hair out and vomit. Um, <laughs> okay. So the, the biggest thing you hear a lot... Um, and and this will the my reaction to this quote will explain a lot of my relationship to folk music. Um, Real quick, yeah. What do you quantify like as when you're saying folk music? Um, I'm very stupid. Can I have some examples, please? <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Um, <laughs> Can you spell it out? Well, that's actually a great. That's a great uh, question because the term folk music is used a lot, uh, and 
it, people mean specific things, but other things fall under folk music. Right, I feel like and it can be kind of broad. It's one of the most uh, useless terms and oh, cool, important, <laughs> helpful terms because <laughs> so it's useless and helpful. Many it? things can fall <laughs> under so the framework of what we consider okay. folk music. But you'd consider it to be kind of like. Like name a name a folk artist. That, so like, okay, uh, Gene Ritchie would be an example oh, of, cool. of one yeah. idea of folk music. So Gene Ritchie was a woman who lived in Appalachia, and she sang um, a, a bunch of songs from from her area and got them recorded. It was one of the mm-hmm. first examples of of this sort of recording. Smithsonian Folkways was a music publication um, house. Uh, run by the Smithsonian, um, which mm. recorded a lot of uh, ethnomusic and and then released it. Uh, sorry, ethnomusic, ethnomusicology, which is um, a term that has not amazing roots. See that term, I know, but um, just means you know the study mainly of folk music. Though the term ethnomusicology originated because it was the study of music in Africa, and it, it, the use of that term was not right. Right, so that's great. not. It was meant to imply sort of this alienation from it, right? The, the music mm-hmm, was specifically mm-hmm. ethnic, which made the the norm, you know, the Western hegemony in Canada. Right, yeah, that's not um, a great, great not way great. of looking at uh, it. Yeah, the term it. now generally means folk music. And so uh, w- what I would generally say is uh, folk music is anything that is tied really deeply to culture um, oh. and more ordinary people. Um, it's okay. If so it's it is kind of the more in any way sort of music type of thing. Yeah, elite or related to the. I don't want to be um, nauseatingly Marxist, but you know. Um, I think you've started this sentence on this podcast before in exactly the same way, just without the nauseating. So I'm, I'm um, a fan. You know, it's not music necessarily of the bourgeoisie, right? Right. Um, it's the working class music. Yeah. And I think actually. Um, one of the things that really annoys me is because of that, it is often dismissed uh, because of its status. Mm. Um, though I also want to say, right? It's kind of is it considered like low art? I guess is the, I'm I'm using air quotes against yeah, right now, but I'm using air quotes. It is and yeah. it isn't. Um, it's it's a really interesting thing. I want to point out one thing that you, know, you might have noticed when I said strong cultural ties um, that that would include a bunch of classical pieces. Ode to Joy, hmm. for example. This is one of the difficulties of folk music. Because Ode right. to Joy is, you know, the last movement of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But I would say in many ways it now feels like a folk tune because of its prominence as a symbol of, of German culture. So that's, hmm. again, one of the problems with trying to define folk, folk music, music is sure. you will inevitably mm-hmm. put something in there that doesn't seem like it belongs, but maybe it does belong. Yeah, and, and context matters, too. But um, What was the, well, yeah, what was the quote that you were going to mention? Because you were talking about before, how, yeah, you were saying there was like a quote that was like something that really angered you about oh, folk yes. music. Oh, yes. Just... People calling yeah. folk music simple. Ah. When people say that folk music is simple... It drives me up the wall because they don't mean simple, pure. They mean not complex like the music of Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, etc., etc. 
Right, they they don't mean simple. They or mean positive in context. relation it is like a to a dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I hate that. I hate that so much um, because what folk music is, and one of the reasons I love it is it isn't simple. I mean, it it, it is in terms of purity, sort of. But not in this negative context that people are trying to pin. I to. would call it refined, and let me explain what I mean by refined. Ooh, okay. The refined. Uh, sands of time are a wonderful way of filtering out garbage. Or they used to be when you couldn't record anything really easily. So, what I mean by this, and I and, uh, and I, it does mean something, um, if you write a terrible song in the ancient times, no one sings it. And that's, and then it dies. Uh, <laughs> And I, yeah, I see what you're getting at. People will often okay. say something like, oh, That's you know, what you mean when you say the refined. sort of simplistic folk tune, right? Someone might call Amazing Grace a simple tune. But the thing is, it, it's just that it survived. It's just, you know, because. Right, and it survived it for has a reason. Lasted. It has gotten it's through been good enough the sieve to of last time. Through time. Um, sure. And when the, I think it's one of the most beautiful things. Um, of folk music is that there are songs that have survived for thousands of years. Not thousands mm. of years. That's incorrect. Hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of years. Thousands of years would be uh, far too long. Um, of time. Or at least some, there, there are some songs we have from that are at least a thousand years old. That's true. Um, but would no, you say are... that folk music is a genre that you like? Because I, I know you see, you seem to have like a, a kind of a complex relationship to it. Is it a genre that you love is a genre that you dislike like if you had to kind of give yourself an attitude towards it what would it be like i think i do love it on principle even if i don't like every song you know um sure for me what i like about folk music is the authenticity of it um the way it captures mm. a person uh yeah. or a or it's a group. genuine and what it means when someone writes a song that says something. You know, there are a lot of songs where you listen to them, they're folk songs, and you go, that was an, a, a strange story. Um, didn't really have a, an, an understandable ending. Uh, what was the point of singing that? Sometimes there wasn't a point. Sometimes it was just a good song and there were just lyrics. But that's not always the case. A lot of times it contains references we can't possibly understand anymore because it makes sense in the time period. Uh, hmm. There are a lot of, you know, a lot right, of songs it's now. It's going to say a lot that... about a culture and, and be kind of reflective. Yes, exactly. There are a lot of songs yeah. now that are reflective of culture, but we understand the references they're making. Mm, right? When someone I see. I see references a brand, for example, um, in a song, you know the brand, but they say that brand doesn't exist many years down the line, as you sometimes get with uh, early songs that, you know, reference brands um or or things people yeah, used to also wear just, all like, the lingo time. too in vernacular like there's there's a lot of lyrics and like older songs that we wouldn't necessarily recognize today but in that historical context it makes sense so yeah i see what you're saying about folk music it's like a nice cross-section of a culture and it's going to say a lot about a time period and about the the songwriter um but the way that it's perceived uh as it seems is that it's kind of put down and and portrayed as simple even though it actually has a lot to offer mm -hmm. and also there's just yeah. a lot of folk music that isn't simple you know uh if it's so simple then you know go on and play some appalachian fiddle just come on give me a give me an improvisation on a please, please hand it over you know play hand some over the uh, 
uh, play some uh, Baron uh, reels. Yeah, you know the Irish drum. Mm, yeah, I know come on, give me, oh, it's, give it's me a, it's so simple. <laughs> uh, I, I that always bugs me because the simplicity is just like no, you're talking about tunes. There are some tunes which are simple because also they were meant to be improvised on to great extent uh, or ornamented mm. or you know when we lose the context of things we often get a, a warped understanding of them. If I'm going to be annoyingly yeah, Marxist again. Um, <laughs> you get a cup of coffee. Full circle. You get a cup okay. of coffee, and mm-hmm. it is easy to refer to it as a simple thing, right? You you know mm-hmm. you have a cup of coffee. Oh, it's a simple morning thing, but it isn't. All the the factors of how that coffee got into your hands, or at least in front of you, are ridiculous. You have the people who had to farm the beans and roast them and ship them. You also have the entire history of coffee farming, the exploitative history of coffee farming, uh, which is still completely current. You have all the people involved to get to the point that you're having a simple cup of coffee. It's not a simple cup of coffee. Uh, And and this is just a Marxist idea that, you know, the alienation from the production of something. But I think that's what my point is with folk music. As you look at the thing, you look at Amazing Grace um, or, or Barbary Allen, um, or, you know, any variety of folk tunes that have survived, and you might go, oh, it's a simple thing. It's like, right. But the ridiculous amount of history and culture that mm-hmm. goes into it isn't. Without all these factors, this tune would never have existed. And the fact that it still survives mean all these people sang it, because a lot of them didn't have a written way of transcribing music. They also didn't need one because it would have reduced the music, and there would have been things that couldn't have been passed through the written uh, symbols they use. There were things that needed yeah. to be passed down orally. Yeah, good point. Little uh, micro rhythmic adjustments, little micro tonal adjustments, um, the different ways you ornament it, what words you emphasize. These things can be passed down through written word, but if you aren't uh, rich enough, for example, to own that sort of thing, then folk music is the only thing you can transfer, is something that you can sing to someone else who will then sing it back to you and you like I just the history yeah. of music yeah. is such a complex thing, and that's such an yeah, obvious I hear you. statement. But people forget that when you see something that uh, seems very basic, there's a lot of work going into something feeling very basic. That's my mm-hmm. view. But I yeah, right I'm on. not as it's, mad it's as I have gotten, mainly because this is <laughs> I can actually say how I'm feeling at this point. A lot of the time I'm sitting in the room and I am steaming or I just start talking because I'm incapable of closing my mouth for a long enough <laughs> period of time. But I know I will boil over during, you know, lectures. During well, I'm, I'm glad that you things. were able to like articulate your thoughts a little bit because I'm, I'm glad to hear it from your perspective. And um, I know that you said that you like you do as in a general sense love folk music but is there a genre of music that you can't stand do you have a least favorite um that goes for songs too like just anything that you can't stand and i ask that because i have the most basic answer (laughs) and i don't care that it's basic because it's how i feel what is your answer um i i despise country music I'm so sorry. Uh, I despise country music. Oh, we're getting into this. I know. I'm taking you there. Um, do you like Johnny that Cash? That is with an... 
That is with an asterisk. Yeah, I not all country music, obviously. Just in general, it's the it's the genre that I listen to the least because overall, I don't like the songs. Um, but I love Casey Musgraves. Like, see, a but, lot. That, but that's and my I'm point. I'm also a that's huge fan of like point about old all school this. Taylor Swift. Is what you see is the result of country. What you see is the result right, of the right. history when of country. I'm, what I'm talking about when I say country, country music, I mean like yeah, I'm talking about like bro country. I'm talking about like back of a truck lyrics about beer like that type of country is just like i can't stand it and that to me in my experience of country music is what has kind of taken over the genre so i say that i don't like country music but of course it comes with like an asterisk um casey musgraves i love you <laughs> but i think that's the thing uh is there is there a genre that you can't stand uh is that is that the over commodification of something the way that is can destroy it and so like for example a lot of country music is a bastardization and I use that word completely correctly, of a lot of folk music, of, um, you know, older styles of singing. Now add that to the list of Sean's favorite words. Bastardization. <laughs> Bastardization. I have quite a few <laughs> favorite words um, that are just a little longer than uh, regular words, and that's why I like them. Uh, bastardization, <laughs> ostensibly. That's one of them. Um, what's another one? Uh, so you, you were talking about country music? <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I think I'm a fan of audacity. I, I also... <laughs> Uh, what I also <laughs> hate about country music is is the history specifically, right? Is that I, you know, I know the roots of it and it's, you know, you have these beautiful, healthy roots and then someone comes and cuts down the tree and puts up a casino, you know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> a casino a is the correct tree. metaphor. And it has yeah, such completely. deep, like old beautiful school country. I, like I love Johnny Cash. Like there's there is some um, the history of country is is totally different but, um, than the, the result the product that we have these days. There's actually um, there's one yeah, genre. Yeah, but in general, if I had to pick a genre, that's what I would say is there's country. There's one genre I don't listen to full stop because um, people say I listen to everything. I genuinely listen to everything, and I can say that with confidence. If you look oh, through my Spotify, I have seen your Spotify. I go on your Instagram and I see your little Spotify wrap up, and <laughs> it's like you have listened to philosophy podcasts and also. Classic South African music. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, man, no, that's I cool. Have, I have such an assortment of things. Death metal, heavy metal, metal does nothing for me. It did for like Ooh, a millisecond I'm, I'm agree with in you there. grade eight. Iron Maiden was pretty tight. Not grade eight. And, really? But now still, no. I just, I, it's never done anything <laughs> for me, really. Um, I respect it. It definitely, it, it's a really like targeted audience if you're into death metal you're into death metal and if you're not you're not it's 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 like polarizing yeah um you know what i mean yeah but even then people be like oh i appreciate people have like some songs they listen to i can't stand uh i guess i could stand fair enough like i could listen to it i wouldn't have to walk out you know, if someone was playing it, but I wouldn't enjoy it until the song was done. You know, like I wouldn't it's enjoy it. It's just not the genre that you approach when you're looking for new music. Um, no disrespect to it uh, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe a tiniest bit of disrespect to some artists, but we're not going to name them. I, uh, just, just a tiny bit of disrespect. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's never been for me. But I know I genuinely listen to everything. And that's the thing, though, is. Uh, for me, I'm not, the sounds are important. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I think everyone actually, the essence of whatever you're listening to always feels important, or at least the perceived essence yeah. uh, of whatever it is. And the you culture are that comes with it too. Like there's a, there's a lot that plays into it. Oh, I have another fun question. 
um i'm also just genuinely curious so imagine you're um at a party remember parties yeah you had a party with a bunch of strangers and someone hands you the aux cord what do you play oh boy okay 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 i can okay. i can give you context i can also give my yes, answer i need I'll, you I'll to tell you me time to think about it the energy yeah, level of this yeah. party okay so it's like Mm, let's close our eyes and picture this for a moment. Let's visualize. Um, it's a party full of people our age, so t- twenty year olds. Um, they're kind of friends of friends, so you know that they're cool, but you don't really know any of them. Um, they're all students, let's say, uh, and the party is just getting started. So it's not like people want to fucking dance, like people are going wild. Mm. Um, but you definitely need something that's like good good energy just like good vibes oh man. ew i just use vibes sorry i don't you know what? no no no, vibes is a no. Thing. I, I like vibes of all the I like vibes. um overused cultural terms vibes is one of the ones i don't uh vibes mind. is correct um when people say like oh the vibes were off too much then i get a little bit like eh, shut up but i don't know it's vibes a good word it just vibes fits for so much but vibes vibes are, are fitting in this situation so, so i will justify this my is amazing choice you've given there. me Easily the worst situation you could give me for me to have to pick music. Oh, sick. So that's great. Um, okay, awesome. I'm so glad. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to say what mine is? That's a fantastic question. Um, friends of friends. I don't really know them. Well, I mean, generally, you... Uh, <laughs> one of the things, the reason I kept playing that, like, the soul playlist, is a lot of people have a pretty good reaction to soul music. Especially I was Motown. just going to say Motown that I would play Sweet Soul Chill Out. safe bet. It's a pretty safe no, bet. No, dude, and if everybody someone, loves like, that fucking playlist. Doesn't like Motown? I'm a little. Then I'm a little hesitant. I'm, I'm going to question around, that. You know, they probably like death. I could I could <laughs> rant I for that. a year about just the quality of Motown, um, but we're not going to do that. Soul is just so universal. Like it's, if I was if I was in a party and someone handed me the aux cord and I panic, I would I would honestly probably play Sweet Soul Chill Out, that Spotify playlist. I also have like I have soul playlists and um like funk playlists and groove playlists of my own that I would probably lean to because everyone can enjoy it. Like you listen like you know what I mean? You play a little Al Green, like who's gonna be mad at that? Like I, I just I enjoy it. It feels so universal. It it puts people in a groove. And if someone doesn't like it, that's fine. But it feels like generally it's a crowd pleaser. I mean, so that's kind of what I would go to. I mean, to. Motown and it, was again, it, like, depends such on the situation, a big deal because of that. Yeah. Like, it was just yeah, the cross exactly. appeal, uh, actually, especially racially at the time, was a really mm. big deal. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, they were, <laughs> a lot of them were still playing to segregated crowds for quite a while, um, which is depressing. Um, but you know, like that was a big part of it was just this ridiculously universal appeal. Mm. Some of the most talented people, something that ever can reach everyone lived. and give um, everyone this nice energy. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and then in terms of like the actual really height of the expressive. party, I should probably pass it yeah. to someone else. I would just, you know, uh, it also depends on the students though, right? Like if I'm at a party totally. with a bunch of English Are they going to dance? It's Are never going to get too exciting. Right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> There's an English major listening to this that just dropped their phone on the ground and like turned off the podcast. Ah, they just unsubscribe. I'm sorry, I've lost you. <laughs> um, sorry, English majors. Yeah. So you you think you'd play Soul? I think Soul has got one of the most universal. At appeals. this point, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page about that because it's just like it's such a crowd pleaser and it's just it's so happy and expressive. Um, you know, some of them are really famous. You know the words like. You could play a little Stevie Wonder. Oh my God! Now I just want to yeah. You play for once in my life. Probably gonna do that after this. You play um, 
You play yeah, Ain't exactly. No Mountain High Enough. You play... Put Superstition on and see who doesn't sing. Superstition, like, Dancing in the Streets. Oh, man. Oh, I could go on. In... Oh, my God. And then what I would do, oh, right, is fun. I would slip in some lesser known, you know, um, soul Yeah, just throw songs. them in there. And then you seem real cool, too. People are like, oh, what is this? And you're like, oh, it came out in this year. And you get give them the little rundown. That's my jam. I played Sweet Soul Chill Out for, like, a year when I would hang out with, like, my parents' friends. Um, like, if I was in a room full of adults, I would play that. And everyone's like, wow, I'm like, your music taste is so good. And I'm like, thanks. It's not mine. <laughs> thank you. I gave it like, to- Thank you. It is a curated Spotify playlist. And I give all my credit to Sean Parker because I didn't and, come up with And this. then also none to Sean Parker because he didn't make the playlist. He just found it. Um, no, you just, I did you just look gave it for to it, me. I guess. Uh, I, I think I have good taste in music. Um, I, I think you do, too. I, I, I think I do. Uh, well, your taste in music is also like it's it's very uniquely yours. Like I feel like you're, um, and this is I'm totally just making this up, but you're not totally influenced by what everybody else around you is listening to. Which there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, the way you say yours, it though, <laughs> it's yours. It's what you enjoy. It's what you love. It's what you want to listen to, and that means it's so all over the place. But I like that a lot. I definitely because my taste in music is also kind of all over. Yeah, the place. Yeah, I don't really seek out lesser known things as much as I'm trying to scratch a very specific itch that i finally scratch and through this business mm-hmm. i i will look for lesser known things because i hope to find something that fulfills that yes. desire but um i'm exactly the same i i want something new and i want to find that specific mood i'm thinking i'm in this specific mindset and i want to hear this how can i find that what are the keywords that i can search on apple music to find the right song and then when i do it's just like Bingo, if I have you know? two album recommendations that just every time <gasps> Wait, I, yes. Please I recommend me stuff. play them, there's always a good response. Um, hmm, I actually say an album recommendation and then a song recommendation because I think the album of the song is fantastic, but not everyone might like the rest okay. of the album. But so the album is The Early Years Volume 2 by Tom Waits, which is a collection oh, of Tom demos that Tom Waits sent to get you know record deals and that kind of stuff and i don't know what it is about it but it's just incredibly raw it's just correct he's not in tune half the time but everyone (laughs) i play it for loves it loves it loves it loves it um i don't know what it is uh, about it there's something so i guess authentic just um, the rawness, and the, imper- to the imperfection. Um, yeah, it's Tom yeah. Waits before he started Especially sounding like a pirate Especially when it's someone like Tom time. Waits. Yeah, you want to you want to hear that kind of behind the screen type of um, type of energy. Yeah. And What's the other one? The song is it oh, is yeah. from Nina Simone's live at Newport album. You'd be so nice to come home to. It is one oh of gosh. the greatest recordings of anything ever. I cannot recommend it enough. I have listened to that song so sorry the recording so many times uh i could explain why it's great i'm not going to you should just listen to it nina simone i just in terms of like musical geniuses she ran i would put her like just so far up on the list i cannot express and you listen to this song and it's improvised i keep saying song but you know song and it's improvised um everything she's doing is improvised and the band comes it is i can't explain it but uh, to me, that is one of the most. The fact that you can't explain it makes me want things. to listen to it more. You know, like I, I'm sure I could say it in words, but nothing beats listening. No, to it. No, no, you and just I have would to give listen to it. Anything to listen to it for the first time, but listening to it again oh. and again will suffice. 
I'm going to do that tonight. You know, let me tell you, you've you've recommended me a lot of music over the years, and I've never been disappointed. So um, if you're listening to the pod, I, I, I hope you take Sean up on these recommendations because, it's like, seriously, you've always recommended me good stuff. And that actually brings me kind of perfectly into the last question that I wanted to ask you before we um, kind of start wrapping up. But I'm, mm, I'm having a lot of Ending a very long episode um, here. You know, it's it's been really nice. So I'm I'm glad we're going a little bit longer today. And I hope uh, for you guys listening at home that you're enjoying this all the same. Um, I want to talk about like what are we listening to right now? And I just wanted to give I, I wrote down three, um, like key examples of what I'm listening to right now, and just just things that I find really wonderful in my music library uh, that I wanted to shout out on the pod um, to give listeners some music recommendations and just to you know throw out there what I'm listening to. Um, so there's three. The first one is uh, Girl in Red's If I Can Make It Go Quiet. It's a new album. I just bought Girl in Red tickets, and you're never going to hear me shut up about this. Oh, wow. It's for March of 2022, and uh, I am so excited. Just around the corner. <laughs> just a, yeah, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. I mean, it's going to come up a lot faster than That's a great think, expression. But, uh, yeah, the, the whole album is wonderful. No one says that a anymore. hop, skip, and a jump? hop, skip, and a jump. I say that a lot. I, know, I like it. It's people. it's very peppy. No. <laughs> I am just <laughs> I am just boy. You are just goose. <laughs> I am just a little goose. <laughs> I'm just a little bunny tail. <laughs> Gooses with bunny um, tails. The other one is is Billie Holiday's um Lady Day specifically. Oh, I've been Billie listening Holiday. to a lot of Billie Holiday lately. And wow, is it ever just this soulful, heartful, wonderful energy. Um I, I like to play specifically in the evenings around when I'm cooking and I just feel so like civilized and it's it's um a really beautiful album, the whole thing. So yeah, uh highly recommend that one. And um I'm a big Boy Harsher fan. I've been listening to this one album by Boy Harsher um for over a year now on repeat it's the lesser man album um if you're a fan of of that genre of music i gotta be honest when you said it at first i thought the artist name was big boy harsher (laughs) (laughs) i've been listening to big boy for for quite some time now no uh boy harsher and it's a a duo group and and they make awesome music and yeah lesser man's a dope album and those are um my three very different very different um but nonetheless all very meaningful little music recommendations a little scope of uh of what i'm listening to right now um and i'd love to know what's uh what's on your turntable okay sure <laughs> uh i am listening to rothko chapel by morton feldman uh <laughs> it's a okay. it's a classical piece dedicated to the uh, Rothko Chapel, which is a museum or chapel of uh, housing Rothko works. Um, it is not for everyone, but I think it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music. Roman Candle, which is mm. Elliot Smith's first album. Highly underrated. Underrated to hell. This Roman Candle. I feel like I recognize that name. I've probably played it for you before. Um, yeah. Because everyone knows either or, and everyone knows, you know, between uh, the bars, Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith is one of my favorite artists, but Roman Candle... First out his is his first album. It's a all recorded, I think, on a four track, and was you know distributed as a mixtape. Um, Last call is one of like the best songs ever written. It's on that album. And then I want to say one more. Uh, I want to thank James Acaster, a British comedian, who recommended this. Uh, <gasps> I love James. Uh, Hands in Our Names by Karima Walker. Uh, another mm-hmm. uh, recorded on cassette tape. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, album. It is a combination. This one isn't for everyone. 
um, but parts of it are of of folk music. So hooray! And a lot of I mean, you say it's not for everyone, but someone might hold like, on. discover something new. You never know. Hold on, because there's a bunch of parts oh. that are tape oh, distortion on. and noise, just like sort of soundscapes just flat made out through. Noise. Yeah, now now it's not like well, some of it Sick. actually is a little overwhelming, uh, which I I love about it. But for some people, that is what turns them off the album, or they skip those parts. Oh yeah, because there is just some recordings. No, I'm, I'm into that kind of She's thing. That's why I love Boy Beautiful, Hunter. beautiful voice. They're beautiful songs, and then they're interludes. I would really call them of these recordings. Some of it is found sound, and then some of it is just tape noise and and found sound. It's really fun. I think one of the most fantastic albums. It's worth listening through all the way, even if you don't. <laughs> want to um but i listen to those uh albums pretty consistently right now right on well will you um will you send me those no because <laughs> i i okay good i'm glad i won't send you mine either we won't do i don't want you swap. to talk to it's me fine. i don't want to open up avenues for you to communicate go. with me <laughs> that's, that's literally why we started this podcast <laughs> Yeah, look how far we've come um, when I, I said, like, oh, this know, is to get you to talk us, to me. And in. now I'm closing off all communication. And now I won't this shut up. This is the last episode. <laughs> I'm kidding about We're some of that. We're self-destructing. No, I'm just kidding. About, oh, cool. I'm glad about some of it. Yeah, you know, never never speak to me again. No, I'm kidding. Please um, send me those because I want to listen to those. Um, especially the Nina Simone one because the way that you described it uh, makes me really want to give it a listen. Um, yes. Yes. Absolutely, I would love to give him a give him a little listen. Well, this was a long um, episode. As we are, as, yeah, I know we're we're coming to the end of a pretty long episode. Um, I'm so glad that we, like I said, we both had so much to say, and we were passionate enough to just go for it. I, I had a lot of fun recording this one, and, and I hope all of you um, listening are enjoying it as much as we're enjoying recording it. Uh, before we uh, buggy on out of here, uh, I would love to announce that we have an email address. <laughs> Um, this <laughs> have you ever heard of email? It's like mail, but it's faster and also makes you it's really like mail, sad. But e, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone is looking um, at their emails right now with a lot of dread. Um, so mm, we apologize mm-hmm. for adding to that. But well, hopefully we can make it a little less dreadful. Our email address is um, it will make sense pod at gmail.com. That's it will make sense pod at gmail.com. It's the same as our uh, our Instagram. And we're using this email address um, as a multi purpose little outreach tool. That makes it sound exciting. Nice, Ange. That's, um, that's a wonderful marketing way of, of phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> The most corporate way I could have put it when in reality it's just like an email address we're on our innovating computers. and engaging yeah, and we're, energizing we're you new changes. to type little squiggly lines into your computer <laughs> and send them to us, please. We um we want to hear your suggestions for topics. We want to hear your reviews of our episodes. We want to hear Speaking your music of suggestions. Reviews, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. go ahead and give us a good rating if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, and if you oh, hate it, do. give we us a one so star. We need that feedback. No, do it. Do it. Tell us you hate it. We don't mind. We want to we wanna hear it. Um, yeah, so please uh, write us an email if you'd like to reach out to us, suggest a topic, or anything that you'd like to say. Please do. Um, it's been a joy musicking with you today, Sean. Ooh, that's a fun little verb that's actually musicking. used in academia. Ooh. Is it actually? Oh, it my is. God, look at me. I'm so smart. There's a paper wow. and a book on it, actually. Uh, just a book. A musicking? <laughs> yeah. Look at us discovering new things. Well, you already knew. It's just me. <laughs> Look at you discovering new things. <laughs> Look at me learning. <laughs> well, I am proud of you for many, many reasons. Well, thank 
you. Thank you. I'm I'm proud of you too. And I'm I'm so glad we uh have this little chat. And yeah, send us an email. Check out our Instagram at it will make sense pod and uh go listen to some music.